Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we have the running back position preview to get into a, a unit that I know both of us are uh, very excited and maybe more encouraged than we could have really been particularly <laughs> could have imagined uh, as recently as a couple months ago. So fun unit to talk about it always. Going to thank our sponsors, Tarpon Sellers Wine Company. Great guys. <clears throat> Charlie Park Rooftop Bar. Uh, the best cocktails in Tallahassee, uh, the best old fashioned and the best botonic tonic. If you want to give that a look when you go there, that would be a particular recommendation of mine. The legendary team of Chad and Shannon, and as always, congruity. So, Bud, let's talk about these running backs and uh, let's have a little bit of fun doing it. It's a decent unit. Let's do, man. So, uh, now they lose Jay Sean Corbin. Look, I, I thought Corbin was a good back, like watching him with my eyes last year. Uh, he's a kid that. I was a little bit surprised went pro. Um, you know, we had heard that maybe he thought that they were going to give some of the reps to to others. Uh, but man, I'm uh, I I got to tell you, like the and it's hard to separate some of these numbers out. I will say because of the advanced stats, right? It is it is tough. Uh, but man, I'm the numbers he put up actually were were not very efficient at all. And again, part of that I'm absolutely sure is the offensive line. And the fact that teams didn't have to, to fear your receivers. I mean, clearly the backs were, I don't think were a major problem. But man, 37% success rate last year. His runs were stuffed at a 20% rate. Now he did have a knack for long runs, but he very rarely forced missed tackles. He only had 0.1 missed tackles per attempt. So that's like, it was like 0.11. So he, he's, I mean, he's forcing tackles like or forcing missed tackles like one at every nine carries. Now his offensive line was was bad, and he did rarely fumble, and nobody had to pay attention to the passing game. But I'm, I don't know that he is irreplaceable. I, I think that FSU has some nice pieces here to make up for the loss of a player that I think watching live we thought was pretty solid. I, I thought he was really solid. Yeah, some of these numbers in the kind of cold, hard light of day are tough to look at. I mean, the the success rate, and I'm not going to reiterate what you said. Certainly the offensive line had a ton to do with that. Uh, I just think Jay Sean uh, was not a instantaneous top speed back, you know, and not that there's a whole lot of those out there, but never a guy who by the time he got back to the line of scrimmage was running with a whole lot of force and power. You kind of needed to get him – three or four yards on the other side of the line of scrimmage for that to happen. Uh, really great, exceptional kid uh, by all account. You'll, you'll miss him in some regards. Uh, but I think there's a lot of really high quality kids in this, in this room. And uh, I love Jay Sean. Best of luck in New York, man. Hope you tear it up. Uh, but you're right. When you do look at some of these stats, uh, you realize that uh, I'm not going to write off the loss, but maybe an easier replacement than, than I would have wanted to admit a year ago. I'll put it that way. So, a couple things here. And, of course, show also brought to you by Louisiana Hot Sauce, Harpin Cellars Winery, Congruity HR Solutions, and, of course, the legendary team. Uh, let's talk a little Treshawn Ward, because Treshawn Ward has long been a Nolcast favorite. Uh, he was a guy that, remember, he said, don't get on this staff for not signing a back because they actually got a kid coming on as a walk-on who's really damn good and probably better than any of the backs you could have signed to a scholarship at a time. And that kid's name, out of Tampa Bay Tech, was Treshawn Ward. Now, last year, he posted a 49% success rate. Remember, Corbin, 37. So, 
that's materially higher. Now, he was not a volume guy like Corbin, and he did play against some of the lesser teams as well. So you got to take that into account. I'm not here to tell you that he was better than Corbin, but I'm, I'm not really sure that he was that much worse, right? He also forced tackles at a higher rate. He just, I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good player for you. Like, not a stud, but I think he's got some upside. He has some shiftiness, change of direction is solid. I think his acceleration is pretty good. Long speed, uh, I don't think it's great, but it, it's, you know, it is what it is. And they seem to really think he can catch the ball. They targeted him 31 times last year, uh, which is pretty good for a guy who was not a consistent starter. I mean, the backup running back, 31 targets, that's it's almost three a game, man. Yeah. Got to be a little bit more selective as to when to shake and when to just stick your nose in there and get three yeah. yards uh, when it's available. But I, I like Treshawn. Got a, got a killer kind of dead leg uh, fake that he'll hang out there and and uh, bait people on. And just uh, for a walk-on, hell of a running back. I, I, I want us to get away from the days of walk-on running backs here, but that's not a shot at Ward. He's a really good player, and, and you're right. We pointed it out on signing day. Hey, you got a you got a way average, way above average uh, walk on coming in, and, and he may ultimately turn into something that he has. Uh, got to like like I said, there's some things that he can work on, but I'm really excited about what to ultimately is. But I think he may play a f- fairly similar role that he did last year, as far as a complimentary change up piece because of the guy that we're about to talk about. Yeah, so Trey Benson comes in from Oregon and. I think we were both pretty skeptical about the take of Trey Benson, right? Uh, He was a kid who was in the COVID class, which, as I've said many times, I think if we're ever going to have a year where recruiting rankings weren't very good, it was in the year where nobody was allowed to travel to see these kids. A lot of them played very abbreviated seasons if they played a season at all. And not only that, but he was a hurt kid during that. Like he had a serious knee injury. Got to Oregon, didn't really do anything at Oregon, um, and then ends up, Mike Norvell and those guys, I believe it scouted them maybe as a junior. If I, if I remember this, the story, right. From being told to me, I think when he, when they were still at Memphis and they took a shot on him. I dude, I, I know you and I have been hearing the same things. They, they think they hit this one out of the park. I, I suspect that they got maybe some testing data or something like that. When he came on that official visit to, to green light him off the knee, but uh, they, they feel very good here. Really good. Yeah. I mean, you've got yourself a significant number one running back, uh, potentially at a level that you haven't had in a while. I'm not even going to say, well, since Cam. Uh, yeah. Athletically. So, at least. Athletically has the chance to do some things and really smooth. Um, we'll just have to see. I mean, what it looks like three or four games in and, and how like fresh and, and how a body responds to carrying a load or workload that it's never really seen before, but man, by all accounts, Trey Benson is going to excite a lot of us this year, myself included. So in the previous conversation with Bud, we had, um, as far as change my mind, I think that's what we titled that one. Well, some people in the chat brought up that we were skeptical and, and I was probably the, the most skeptical of the two on the take. And then there was a, a friendly bet <clears throat> made that if he ran a thousand yards, I'd get a Trey Benson jersey and put it on my wall here. And that's nice. But then I was like thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, I really don't want people to be like, oh, I bet Ingram's hoping Trey Benson done run for a thousand yards this year or something stupid like that. Y'all, you got to separate the opinion that we give, which is what we do on this podcast. You guys listen 
so that we can give you opinions on things and try to break down information and present it in a manner. And we gave an opinion on a take. That doesn't mean I don't want the kid to do well. Hell yeah, I want the kid to do well. So I called some friends of mine, bud. Uh, I'll break this down further. But I called uh, Christian Surio, who's a longtime Nolcast supporter and Patreon, and also the uh, e-commerce manager at Garnet and Gold. And I got a Trey Benson jersey. So I wanted to go ahead and check that off the list. Then I called another friend of mine who's in the NIL game, and I gave Trey Benson a nice thank you for signing said jersey. Uh, So we're able to contribute and let Trey know that I want him uh, to do as well as possible. And I've certainly... I'm not sitting here going, oh, no, the son of a gun might hit a thousand yards and I might have to buy a jersey. Happy to do that. And then we're going to give it to a listener. So we're trying to figure out exactly how to do this. But, yes, we will be sending out a signed Trey Benson jersey to a listener as a uh, just a, a little bit of a kickoff gift. Happy to be able to support a kid that's come in, worked hard, done really well and positioned himself to have as good of a season at Florida State scene uh, at running back since a, another former Mississippi native was carrying the ball. Dude, that is dope. Awesome. Okay. It's fun. I, Good to be able to I'm, do I'm, things I'm like that. that. Yeah. So we, we kind of need a nickname for trade or we could call him Trey train, like the Trey Benson express or, or, or the, the, the Benson. Like, I feel like, like his name is amenable to nicknames potentially. Uh, ben Sund, right? Ben, ben Sund. Oh, that's a know. great one. I also want to say real quickly, and this is the running back preview. But if there's ever a case study in (laughs) – I'm having to crack up at this. If there's ever a case study for Rising Spear to be there, okay? It took me three and a half minutes with Matthew Quigley to arrange this. Last year, we were like DMing kids, trying to set up an MIL deal. It was was silly. It was not the way that you want to go about doing things. Ultimately, it never happened. One call to Matthew Quigley, four minutes, and we set this up, and it's done. And uh, risingspear.com. Uh, great partners as far as what uh, we're all trying to achieve in making this team as competitive as possible. And we'll uh, just go ahead and ask that everybody keep them in the back of their mind, whether they're buying a trade of Benson Jersey because they were skeptical of things, or if they just want to have their business participate in supporting Florida state football. No doubt about it. All right. So Benson, I think has really nice long speed. Uh, I think he can run with power. What I'm interested in is, how does he handle guys around his legs in the backfield? Because that's probably going to happen in at least some games, hopefully not a lot of games, but Florida State was one of the worst teams last year in terms of yards before contact, and that is a stat that measures you know backfield penetration. He's a bigger guy. There is a chance that he's a momentum runner. Now, look, when he gets that momentum, he has really great long speed for his size. How is his acceleration? How is his stop start? How does he handle like like if he's not able to build up that speed? Can he be an instant turn on guy as opposed to somebody who builds to that top speed? Can he change directions in the backfield? How good can he really catch it? Right? High school tape is sort of limited on that. Obviously, he didn't catch a lot of balls at Oregon because he was hurt. Uh, you do have a couple other guys in his backfield who can catch the ball. I'm just trying not. Those are some of the remaining questions that I want to see in an actual game situation because, you know, practice wise, you can really see him do a lot of the other things. You know, how often are they actually going like live 11 on 11? Not a ton because you don't want guys to get hurt. And I, I think this backfield is pretty deep, man. Like we got other guys we got to talk about here 
in our 15 minute limit. So we, we might go like one minute over this. We did go 13 minutes on QB. So we have a little bit of a grace period with a couple minutes. Who do you uh, want to go? We also got to talk about a Jersey too. So, you know, factor that in. Uh, so this let's talk true. about Ja'Kai Douglas. Uh, uh, exciting kid as far as when he, when Ja'Kai's involved with a big play, it tends to be pretty significant. Uh, so interesting to see how you continue to use him. Uh, I, uh, this is like, uh, I, I'll just say that of the two big plays, didn't Ja'Kai almost drop both of those balls? So I know in general he's regarded as uh, as pretty sure-handed when it comes to uh, you know being an asset out of the backfield, but uh, on the on the longer throws, glad that he caught both of them. I knew he almost dropped the Miami game uh, or the Notre Dame game catch, and I think he might have almost dropped the Miami game uh, catch as well on that in drive there of his play that made it all possible, but. Uh, as Jakai develops, I'm inter- interested to see him more and maybe find a little bit higher level of consistency and and not just a you know massive big play that you were able to scheme something up with him. And he's a guy that we'll probably put in the receiver preview too. But I just I, I look at this offense and how it probably needs to operate. And I I don't love the receiver room, but Jakai is not necessarily the most natural of just body types for receiver. I absolutely hate the tight end room, so. Yes, we know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a joke, uh, at least right now. Maybe in a couple of years it won't be if they get all new guys and stop having a bunch of walk-on quality players on scholarship. Oh, However, got, we'll save it for the tight end. you got one kid that's going to be pretty decent, I'm sure. But we'll, we've got so. time to talk about that later. I think uh, you need to have a lot of formations with two backs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not saying you need to run, you know, all – all sort of 20 stuff where, you know, you got two backs and, and, and three wide. But I want to see more two-back formations than I see two tight end formations. I want to see a lot of two-back. In fact, I would like, to, and this is not like practice intel stuff, I would like to see three backs. I'd like to see some formations where you have Benson, Ward, and either Toa Philly or Ja'Kai Douglas or maybe Rodney Hill in there. I think you put those guys with Jordan Travis – that creates some interesting option looks again with our thought or my thought, at least from the quarterback preview that you need to go all in on using Jordan's legs. That can be some difficult stuff to defend. If you can mix it in, obviously Alex Atkins, when he was at Georgia Southern has been around a lot of that QB run game stuff, like with, with the triple out of the gun. I, I could see that would make some sense given the personnel they have. Like that's probably what I would try to do at least a decent bit of the time. Lawrence Tofilly. Uh, I'm oh, sorry. My bad. So, yeah, uh, both, uh, we're about to talk about Lawrence Tofilly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how you used him. I mean, uh, the word was is that he was going to be a, a fairly large part of this offense a couple months ago. I'm not sure if that's still the case, and I don't think that's a reflection of him. Uh, I just think kind of trying to find exactly where the best fit is there uh, a little bit, not as a wide receiver. I mean, he is a, a running back, but you certainly get him involved in the passing game, uh, talented kid, a little bit of a tweener, uh, kind of hard at, at times to figure out exactly where to put him. Uh, but I think he's a piece and I think he's a piece that Mike Norvell is excited to, to work into this. I just think he'll be more featured in, you know, either, uh, and not exactly a, a kid that's going to line up and run off tackle for you. You'll get him involved in the passing game. You'll get him involved in end around misdirection, stuff like that. Uh, I'm excited to see how they use him. I think that's fair. Uh, Rodney Hill, I don't know how much he's going to play this year. They do think that they uh, at least didn't whiff on him as far as recruit evaluation. So that's encouraging. 
I think this group is, I think it's potentially a lot better than last year. I don't know. Or, or maybe just somewhat better, but I, I do think it's actually better. If last year's group was like a 6.8 or something like that, I don't know exactly where to rate them. Uh, I think you could see an eight out of this group. I mean, I think you could see like a 15 to 20% improvement. I, I really do. I think if Trey Benson's healthy throughout the year, you got a chance to do some things at running back that you haven't in quite a while around here. So a nice group, better group, excited to see what they look like. Okay, I know we're running slightly over. If he's good at all in short yardage, that's huge. Let's go back to that stat from two weeks ago that I put. FSU was literally dead last, 130 out of 130, in Bill Connolly's power success rate. So that's basically how good were you rushing the football in short yardage situations. Now, part of that is because they were trying to QB sneak Mackenzie Milton, who kind of only had one leg. But there's a lot of reasons there. I don't know they had a great short yardage back. And they tried to use Corbin and the Wildcat, which made, which in theory made some sense, given your personnel, I guess. But, I mean, no, nowhere to go but up. If he's actually good in short yardage, it keeps his offense on the field. That would be huge. This has been the Nolcast 2022 football position preview for Florida State. And uh, this has been the running back. So we will talk to you guys next time.